Here's what's coming up on today's show. Always love it when say, well, you just, it just seemed like you just were successful overnight. Well, if you consider 15 to 17 years overnight, uh, that would be <laughs> that true. Would, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, you, you weren't around for the ramen noodle time. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your Retirement Elevated. Got a great show coming up today. Going to be talking about one of the more important topics you can ever discuss when it comes to financial and retirement planning. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan of uh, well, the Elevated Retirement Group, serving you nationwide, based in Kansas City. Uh, you can find them online at listentoscott.com. Check out past episodes of the show and find out more information. And Scott, and you're 21. Is it 22 years plus experience now? Can I update my notes? And We're, we're heading into 22. Okay. I was going to say, I months. feel like I've been saying in 21 for a long time, so I knew we were getting close maybe to the 22 years. Uh, okay, 21 plus years of experience. We're going to uh, really tap into that today because we're talking about a topic you've probably been talking about uh, nonstop for the last 21 years of your career. You can't talk about retirement without talking about income, and uh, that's going to take our headline today, isn't it? It is. So we're going to talk about the seven streams of income today, and we're going to focus on that. We're going to give give that topic a little blurb, and then I'm going to do a quick summary of each of these. And uh, so, we'll, if you've been to our classes, been to our educational events, we've talked about this all the time. Uh, but I think you know what? We've never done a podcast focused on streams of income, and so I thought uh, let's let's do that today. So we put together a great show, and I hope you enjoy it. So we'll uh, dive right into the actual specifics of each of these types of income on the program today. Uh, before all that, w- what's the why, Scott? I mean, why is income so important and so central to the retirement planning conversation? Bottom and, line there. And, and the stream part, right? Not just the income part, but the stream part. Correct. Correct. Because retirement doesn't happen without income. And retirement's not about your age. It's about your ability to produce income to live the lifestyle you want. And that's why if you're pre-retiree, you're focused on trying to get enough money put aside in the various buckets so you can turn that money into a paycheck at some point and live off of it. And so the accumulation phase is to build up enough money that you can turn on the tap and start living off of it. And so you know, retirement is you know, 10, 20, 30 years of permanent unemployment, and you only get one shot at doing it right. And so these streams of income, now we're going to talk about seven and they're the most common. Now, not all of our clients use every one of them, uh, but I do want to give you some high points of that. But again, it's, it all comes down to you've got to have reliable, dependable income in retirement to spend confidently, to do the things you want to do. Uh, because if you don't, uh, it just becomes nerve wracking, uh, a lot of stress and pressure. And you can see if someone doesn't have a, a solid plan, a good diversified plan that produces income from different sources, you know, when markets are not cooperating like we've had in 2023, people start asking them questions, themselves questions. They start doubting, did we do, do the right thing? You know, are we going to be okay? Are we going to have enough money? Is our money going to run out? When's this market going to turn around? So if you don't have a good solid plan, diversified income streams, uh, then you, you're in a situation where it may not be optimal. So we want to cover yeah. these today. Uh, so number one, let's jump right into it. Number one is earned income. Now, this is going to be mostly when you're in pre-retirement. 
And earned income is the most common traditional form of income that most people receive through their working years. And earned income is the money you get in exchange for the time and effort that you put into your job or career. And this stream of income is often characterized by a fixed hourly wage, annual salary, or some sort of commission-based pay or some combination of that. So one of the benefits of earned income is it generally provides a consistent and a reliable source of income that allows you to cover your basic living expenses and save for the future. So this is also where most people start before building out other income streams in the future. So you get a job and you try to live below your means and you try to divert some of that income to savings and that's down the road. Now the downside of earned income is that your earning potential can be limited by your employer, your industry, your time. And in addition, through though earned income is consistent for most people most of the time, there's a lot of risk associated with relying on it as your only source of income. Because in the event that you lose your job, it can be stressful if you have no other sources of income. Nevertheless, if you're in those working years, you want to maximize your earned income, you should focus on developing and improving your skills and you know building that up. Um, but overall, if you're looking down the road for retirement, it's try to maximize your earning potential, keep your debts in check, live hopefully below your means, and divert enough money in to retirement accounts and savings for the latter part of your life. So earned income summary, got two some pros and cons. A pros, it's reliable, it's easier to obtain because you can get a job. The cons, again, it's limited by your time, and it can be risky if you're is your sole income source, but hey, that's most people unless you're a dual, dual income household. Um, but again, earned income, we don't wanna to focus too much on that because you're not gonna have that in retirement years and that's where we put a lot of our focus. Okay, very good. That one's probably the one people are most familiar with and uh, can absorb well. So how about the, we got six more to go. What's the next one? Yeah, number two, capital gains. So capital gains are profits that you make from selling an asset uh, such as stocks, real estate, you sell it at a higher price and you're usually paid for it. Uh, this form of income is often associated with long-term investing and is an effective way to build wealth over time. And so capital gains come into play if you have earned income, let's say, and you save that after taxes and you invest uh, in stocks, bonds, things like that, or stocks, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, and you buy them and they appreciate in value and you sell them, that's where capital gains come into play. And so the amount of capital gains you can earn depends on the value of the asset uh, when you sell it and how much you paid for it initially. In addition to that, if you hold an asset for more than a year before selling it, you'll be taxed at long-term capital gains rates, which is typically lower than a tax rate you'd need to pay on ordinary income. So in fact, if you look back at 2022, a single individual using the standard deduction in 2022 would pay zero in federal taxes, yes, zero, if their adjusted gross income was below $54,625. And it was completely free from long-term capital gains. Uh, if you're a married couple in 2022, uh, the number jumps over $100,000 in tax-free capital gain income when you use the standard deduction. And so it can be a very efficient way to receive income. Now, of course, since most people gener generate earned income throughout their lives, this strategy is best for those in retirement who can sell down their assets without having to pay Uncle Sam. 
another benefit of capital gains income is that it requires relatively little effort on your part once you've set it up. Though saving money to invest can be hard. Again, you've got to you've got to have the habit of saving, and you've got to get that nest egg built up where you can generate has got to be large enough to generate and sell off and give you those capital gains. So the big downside of capital gains income is that can disappear quickly, As, you know, through markets, you know, they, they tend to go up most of the time, but during downturns, you can see your capital gains quickly turn into capital losses. So keep this in mind before relying on capital gains as a long-term income source. Interesting. So again, look at all the pros and cons of, of each of these already. Yeah. So pros, yeah, it's passive. It gets better tax treatment than earned income or 1099 interest. The cons, you know, depending on what you're invested in, the markets can go up and down. It's not reliable. And you really do have to have a pretty good size nest egg uh, that's required to be able to sell things off and garner enough capital gains to supply additional income. Okay, very good. So we've had earned income and capital gains. What's next? Three, number three is interest income. So interest income is another form of passive income that's generated by lending money to others. So typically through a savings account, money market account, CD, or some sort of fixed income securities. This form of income can be a reliable and predictable source of income. So as the interest rate is typically fixed and earned over a set period of time. So if you've got a five-year CD at 4%, well, that's going to be a fixed rate. If you have a five-year guaranteed annuity, you know, at you know, 5.4 for five years, uh, you know they're going to pay that. You know, it's based on the strength of the company, obviously, you're putting your money with, uh, but it's relatively vanilla. And so one of the benefits of interest income is it's generally considered a low-risk investment uh, that provides a guarantee rate of return. This definitely makes it an attractive option for individuals who want a, to earn a steady stream of income without the volatility and risk of their investments. And again, in today's world, in today's interest rate environment, interest rates are more attractive than they've been in a long, long time. And so you definitely want to maximize your, your rate. You want to shop around and make sure you're getting the, the best deal. And really, when you're looking at this uh, with inflation, right now, the rate of inflation is higher than interest rates that are being paid. It is true that it's eroding purchasing power of your income. Uh, that's why we suggest you have your emergency fund, any large expenditures that are coming up. That needs to be in an interest-bearing account because it's liquid, it's safe, and has some guarantees. And right now, at least we're getting some respectable growth. So income, interest income summary, pros, you know, it's passive, it's consistent, it's predictable. Cons, you got to have money to generate the yield, the interest off of it. And again, it's that that's really the main one. You just have to have a pretty good size nest egg. For example, let's say if you had a million dollars in a CD today, and let's just use a fictitious 4%, well, that's going to kick off $40,000 per year. And then you've got to pay taxes on that 40000 And so again, if you just have $100,000, it's going to kick off $4,000. That doesn't get to, get you too far. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, using a, I don't know, like a flamethrower to kill an ant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's, yeah. It's, it yeah. seems like the firepower is not, not worth it maybe for the return. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't want to put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, right. Uh, but it is a basket that is important. It's a basket that you need to have. 
And fortunately, we can at least get a better yield or better return on those things right now. And so going to number four is dividend income. Uh, it's one of the things that we use in our practice. We've got uh, a few different dividend paying portfolios. So dividend income is a form of passive income uh, that is earned by owning stocks that pay dividends and which really are a portion of the company's profits that are distributed to shareholders. So dividend income is often considered a more stable form of income compared to capital gains as it's not tied to the fluctuations of the stock market and can provide a consistent stream of revenue over time. So for example, during the Great Depression, U.S. stock prices declined by 90%, yet dividend income only dropped by 50%. So still a big drop, but this does illustrate how dividend income can act as a partial buffer against large declines in asset prices. So this does not mean that dividend income is guaranteed at all, as companies can reduce or eliminate their dividends at any time. However, it seems to be far stickier uh, than many realize. And so most importantly on this, uh, you know, compared to other forms of income, dividend income is more likely to keep pace with inflation as companies raise their dividends to offset higher prices. And again, once again, this isn't guaranteed, but it isn't unusual either. So again, it's, it's a consistent cash flow. And if you want to maximize your dividend income, uh, you can invest in high quality dividend paying stocks uh, that have a history of consistent dividend payouts and a track record of stable earnings. Uh, you can also consider investing in a dividend focused portfolio like we, we run that allows you to gain exposure to a diversified portfolio of dividend paying stocks. Again, the one downside of owning dividend stocks is that they have underperformed the market in recent years. But again, if it's about cash flow and consistent income, it is a source that should be considered by retirees if they're comfortable with the ups and downs of the market. So again, on this dividend income summary pros, it's passive, it's relatively stable. Cons, all these are cons. You got to have money. You got to have a chunk of money in there for it to kick out a meaningful income flow. And again, it may not generate as much income long-term as stocks generally. Um, but in my, my 20 plus years, people do like that consistency if they want to be market oriented and having a good dividend pool, uh, the pay is, can add some certainty to a retirement plan. Okay, very good. Through this list so far, Scott, I haven't heard any uh, mention of like uh, p people in rental houses or anything like that as a source of income. That's a common retirement uh, strategy or plan for some people. Is that uh, going to come up in the list at some point? Actually, Walter, it's number five. Oh, it's almost like I had an ding, advanced ding, look ding, at the ding. list. Well, hey, look at there. <laughs> Oh, you're you're like the Swami. Sorry, I had to, I had to pull that one out. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. So, I. I was envisioning the old Johnny Carson holding yes, the envelope yes, up that's to his right. forehead. Uh -huh. But no, half of my employees would not know who Johnny Carson was, but everyone listening here knows who Johnny Carson that's is. That's right. <laughs> I, I was fortunate enough to watch some like uh, Johnny Johnny Carson best of like DVD. Well, they probably weren't DVDs. They're probably VHS tapes mm -hmm. um, with my grandparents. When I used to spend uh, like two weeks with my grandparents for a couple of years, every summer I'd go up to this, their house in Maine and it was just a blast. I'd have so much fun. Gramps would go to bed early and grandma and I would stay up late and we'd watch movies and TV shows and things like that. We had a blast. 
blast. And uh, we would watch, um, we could not get enough of these like best of Johnny Carson mm-hmm. VHS tapes. Oh, and yeah. like, we loved the one with whenever he would interact with animals was always our favorite. He was just the best with, with animals. So we watched that one probably a hundred times. It was, oh, it was yes. awesome. My favorite though was watching Gladiator with my grandma. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> she loved it too. She was like, this is a great movie. <laughs> No, we're we talking the original or Russell Crowe Gladiator. Oh, uh, Russell Russell Crowe Gladiator. Okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. All right, just just making sure. Yeah. just making sure. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Douglas was the original. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. have to go watch that one. Yeah. So if if I if my memory serves me correct, I think I think it was. So yeah, rental income. Uh, you know, we do have a handful of clients that have rental income as part of their uh, plan. Now I I've learned this from one of my clients. He has. You know, rental rental property, it's an investment with a part-time job component. <laughs> mm, you know, so depending sense. on how active you want to be. Now, some people own real estate and they have someone manage it. You know, that may work because you want to offload that. Uh, a lot of the people that I know that uh, have rental property, they're pretty hands-on. And they may have a few select people in their circle that help them out. Uh, but it is something you've got to manage. And so rental income is a form of passive income that is earned by owning and renting out a property, such as a house, apartment, or commercial space. Uh, This form of income can provide a steady and reliable source of revenue, as rental income is typically earned on a monthly basis. Uh, You can take that money and pay off the mortgage or other expenses associated with the property. So one of the benefits of rental income is it can provide a hedge against inflation because rental income can increase over time with a rising cost of living. Additionally, rental income can provide a tax benefit um, because rental expenses such as mortgage interest, property taxes, maintenance costs, those can all be deducted from your rental income. To maximize your rental income, you can invest in a property that has the potential for high rental demand, uh, such as a house in a desirable location with a unique, unique floor plan or amenities. Uh, You can also consider hiring a property manager, like we talked before, to handle the day-to-day operation of the property and ensure that the rental income is maximized. Now, one caveat to this, it is important to recognize that rental income is not without risk and hassle. And you could have periods uh, of vacancy or have difficulty finding reliable tenants, uh, which can reduce your overall earnings. Uh, Additionally, owning a rental property requires a level of time, effort, investment, and it just may not be suitable for everyone. So again, it is. I think it's a great uh, part of someone's plan if they're so inclined to be involved and engaged in that scenario. Uh, so again, pros and cons, rental income pros can be somewhat passive, um, does have some good tax treatment uh, if you handle it correctly. Cons, again, <laughs> cons always requires capital and some expertise can be a mental hassle and sometimes dealing with tenants isn't always the easiest thing. So make sure if you're going to go down that road, do your homework, be prepared. And uh, again, don't go into it blindly. Have some mental fortitude if you're going to enter that world, it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. All right. Very good. All right. And number six, business income. And we'll just touch on this lightly um, because a lot of our, again, a lot of our clients they have a business, but they sell the business and they garner cash flow or a you know liquidity event where they sell a business and they get a chunk of money. Uh, but is business income is a form of earned income that's generated by owning and operating a business. Uh, and depending on the business, it can have a heck of an upside. And 
owning a business in the United States is one of the best ways to have wealth and accumulate wealth, especially if you build that business up and you end up selling it. And if over the next 10 years, uh, the amount of businesses that are going to change hands is astronomical. Um, Because you've got a lot of business owners that, you know, are in their late 50s, mid 60s, and they're going to be saying, hey, I want to slow down. I want to relax. And if it's a valuable business, someone will, will want to buy that and take it over and then run that business and hopefully get the cash flow from it. And so that's a, that's going to be a big opportunity for business owners, uh, not only to sell their business. And if you're a younger person, there's going to be opportunities to buy businesses. Uh, now, we'll tell you that a lot of venture capital companies uh, are out there buying up businesses and aggregating them. Uh, so anywhere from uh, plumbing companies, HVAC companies, for example, uh, there are companies that are going out and buying up these companies all over and rolling them up and having centralized uh, billing, centralized systems and, you know, working and running it more like a, a big corporation than maybe a small time business. So that's just two examples uh, of business income uh, and really the opportunities that business owners, I see it as if you own a business and it's running well, it's profitable, Uh, Now might be a good time if you're in that situation where you could uh, transition out of the business and walk away with that liquidity event, which sets you up with a nest egg that provides income for you, your family uh, for a long, long time. So business income summary pros, better tax treatment, uh, scales well, uh, especially if you want to build that business up, hire people, Uh, cons. I can tell you this for a matter of fact, uh, it requires a lot of work, a lot of capital and a lot of mental energy. Uh, we've got, you know, a handful of business that we run and it can take many years before you see results. always love it when say, well, you just, it just seemed like you just were successful overnight. Well, if you consider 15 to 17 years overnight, uh, that would be <laughs> that true. Would, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. You, you weren't around for the ramen noodle time. Okay? You weren't there. I, I was just thinking back, and we were talking to some folks, and one of my clients uh, has a HVAC company, and he went door to door in the beginning to start to kind of build it up and did a little marketing. And you know, so times were times are tough, especially with business owners as you get get going, you're trying to figure things out. A lot of a lot of rejection, a lot of heartache. And I can remember uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, one of my first businesses uh, was went with a buddy of mine to Burger King over in Lawrence and we're in my 1990 Cutlass, Oldsmobile Cutlass, uh, white nice. two door and really turning pull- heads. Really? Yeah. To really turning heads. And we're pulling out the ashtray because back then everybody had ashtrays and that's where I put all my change and we're divvying out the chain so we can go into the dollar menu at Burger King and so we're scrounging change to do that. And, you know, this is my early, early mid, mid twenties. And so, yeah, it's, it's not always roses and you, you got to do a lot of things. Be honest. You miss, you miss a little bit of those days though, if you're being honest, right? It is amazing <laughs> um, what you can do without and what you can end up enduring, mm, especially true. as a business owner. Um, and it, for the most part, a lot of the business owners I know, 
they're fairly it's fairly difficult to rattle them just because you've just seen a lot dealt with a lot and then you know as you move through life and gain wisdom uh, so i'm i have a soft spot for business owners business income i think it's fantastic uh, just like a rental property it's a part-time job owning a business you know you start a business to avoid working 40 hours for somebody else so you can work 80 hours for yourself that's kind of the, <laughs> the joke is what happens well, well i just saw warren buffett talking this morning in fact about business being a business owner and he said it all it is is solving problems it's all all day long that's all you're doing is just he's like but it's a good thing that that's he wasn't saying that's a bad thing he's like that's just what it is it's just always solving problems so if you like that kind of thing go for it absolutely because because you ultimately a business has a service that solves an issue or problem for the public. And if you can solve that problem for people and be efficient and have success, then they stay with you and you get, you grow your business. And so you're solving clients problems. And then internally in your business, you're solving business problems, operational problems on a consistent basis, employee problems. So you're right. It, it is all about solving things, having leadership and be able to, soldier on and get through to the other side. Very true. All right. So great breakdown on business income. I think we're down to number seven. Number seven, and this will be super short, royalty income. Not a lot. I've had a few clients over the years had royalty income. And it's really, it's passive income that is earned by owning or licensing intellectual property. So it's like a patent, trademark, copyright. Uh, you know, this form of income can be you know, steady, reliable. Uh, royalty income is typically earned on a regular basis based on usage or sales of that intellectual property. And so again, it can be consistent, but the, you know, the maximize it, you really got to invest in the intellectual property that has potential for high demand. So you've got to have something that's good and a lot of people want it and they're everywhere that want to use it. So the wider, uh, the wider the range, the better. Uh, however, you know, it's important to recognize that Royalty income is not without risk as the demand and popularity of intellectual property can fluctuate over time. Uh, additionally, the process of acquiring and maintaining it uh, can be time consuming. Uh, but again, it just it's one of those of the seven uh, that if you happen to have, uh, you know, it can be a good thing. The pros are it's passive. Uh, you can scale it up very well, if, especially if it's like an online type of business. Uh, the cons, you have to have a product that people want. There has to be a demand or nothing happens. It, you can't just have a good idea. You have to have something actually someone wants or willing to pay for. And there's no guarantees of a return on your time, effort, or investment. So again, it's, it's one of those that's a possibility. Uh, it's one of the things, but I think most of our clients, they're going to rely upon streams of income that one's not on here. It's going to be Social Security and retirement. Uh, some people are going to be fortunate to have a pension, but a lot of people, once they look at their income coming in from guaranteed sources like Social Security pension versus their expenses flowing out, here's the word gap, you're going to have an income gap. And these income streams are just ways to fill that income gap. I can tell you out of all of these, uh, most of our clients worked hard to save money and have investments. They have savings. And between all of those investments, all those different types of accounts, whether it's cash in a bank, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and a brokerage account, 
a traditional IRA, 401k, TSP, 403b, 457, Roth IRA, Roth 401k. Those are the three buckets. And inside of those buckets are the, are the investments. In those buckets, those investments spin off interest or dividends or cash flow. And so that's where most of our clients are filling that income gap and delivering the income sources are from their retirement savings. And that's what we want to focus on. And last, as we finish this up, it's one thing you've, you've got to have adequate income sources, uh, but we also we want to make sure it's as tax efficient as possible. And we'll talk about that on later episodes. Uh, but again, those are the seven uh, income streams that are out there, gave you the pros and cons, and I uh, hope you learned a few things today. Yeah, just scratch the surface. A lot of great information there. Scott, thanks for filling us in on a lot of great details. And if you've got questions about some of the income that we talked about on the show today and want to reach out to Scott and have a conversation about maybe something going on in your financial plan, or if you haven't uh, put a plan together yet for how you're going to account for your different income sources in retirement, well, let that be where the conversation begins with Scott and the crew. And uh, you can get in touch, Elevated Retirement Group at 913 393 4724 is the number. We'll put that in the description of today's show for you as well. 913-393-4724. And online, as always, at listentoscott.com. Check out past episodes and more information there as well. Great details today, Scott. Thanks for everything. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you soon. All right. Look forward to it, Walter. Take care. Come back and join us for the next episode of Your Retirement Elevated. Until then, take care. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.